Hello and welcome to Pick and Pod. This is a production of WFUV Sports. I'm Tyler Friere, alongside Reed Horner. How are you doing today, sir? Wonderful. Um, somewhat. It's, Some. a big, it's a big day, not because of the NBA, actually. We're actually on mute watching the presidential inauguration as, as we do this show, so it's a monumental day for many reasons. Many reasons. Uh, all-star starters were announced yesterday. There's some snubs I would love to... Talk about. You've been fired up about this. I'm really upset, man. I, I remember we were exchanging texts last night before our intramural game, and um, there's a certain few people I'm really upset that aren't starting in this All-Star game, but we'll get to that. Let's first start with the New York Knicks, who won a really good game in Boston two days ago, where they seen Melo and D. Rose both drop 30 points. Derrick Rose looked like he had complete control of the offense against one of the better point guards in the league, Isaiah Thomas. They, uh, they come out, win that game, but the story all year is back-to-back games. The Knicks do not play well. They're 1-8 in, in back-to-back games. Fought really hard with Washington, who's actually been playing really well as of late. They're in the fifth seed right now in the Eastern Conference. And um, the Knicks put up a big fight against them, man. And I watched the first half of that game before heading over to our intramural game. And uh, Melo just went off in that second quarter, 25 points, Knicks franchise record, uh, he seems to be really motivated now after this meeting he had with Phil Jackson last week uh, that where he was discussing his trade possibilities, and uh, he reassured to Phil that he's going to be uh, here for the long haul. So I think uh, he's proven that these last two games really balling out, and um, they, lo- they lost a tough one in Washington. But I've seen some signs of promise these last two games. What do you think? Uh, I'm not as optimistic as you. Boston, great win. Still have a problem with my point guard getting about five assists. I know. I was gonna hit on that too, man. I I feel like this is Derrick Rose. He's a scorer. I just don't like him as a point guard. Um, I think he's a shooting guard who just needs the ball a lot. Yeah. You talk about this team being horrible on back to backs. That is true. I want to point to their age though. They only like Carmelo's thirty two. Um, Brandon Jennings twenty seven. Courtney Lee thirty one. Joking Noah thirty one. Like besides Porzingis. A lot of the major guys in this rotation are going to be filing for the ARRP accounts <laughs> in about a couple of years. So, like, oh, man. that is very telling as to why they always say the NBA season, marathon, not a sprint. These guys, they're really hoping to run that 100-meter dash because they can't finish this marathon. You know what? That's, that's great that you said that because it's a really – it's a big factor, the age on this team. And the big – the big thing against Phil Jackson being control of basketball operations with the Knicks these last three years is he hasn't done a great job, other than drafting Perzingis, which was, out of, he came out of nowhere with that, and really that's a great pickup. So other than drafting Perzingis, he hasn't done a great job of surrounding Melo with a young, with a young talented group. I know it's hard to do in this league, but being the New York Knicks, the mecca of basketball, it's, I feel like he just hasn't done a great job at, at luring in these certain type of free agents that can take a team to a next level. And just just to go back on what I think I'm, I'm impressed about with these Knicks the last two games, because I watched a lot of their games this year, and the defense has been a real issue. We've talked about it a lot on this, this podcast. The defense is the number one issue on this team. And the last two games, they seem, even though they gave up 113 last night, it was a back-to-back, but... Against Boston on the road, one of the best offensive teams in the league, they played really well on defense that game, and I just think it's it's a it's a it's a promising sign. Still a long way to go. They're only two games out of a playoff spot, and only four games out 
of where Washington is. Actually, now four and a half since Washington just beat them. So I don't think it's, uh, like you said, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint, and I think the Knicks are still going to, they have some room to grow. Well, a year ago, Phil Jackson was presented with this choice. He goes, I got Carmelo Anthony, who's at the time 31 or 30 years old, future Hall of Famer. You may not think he ever met his potential. You may think he sucks on defense, this or that. He'll be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I'll put my reputation on that. No, he will. You're right. So he goes, oh, I have this, I have Melo. He's going to be out of his prime soon. I have New York. New York has been horrible. I've been brought here to be wonderful. <laughs> what am I going to do? I can't sit around for five years and have them be mediocre. It's going to ruin my reputation, and it's going to basically trail off Carmelo's career. So you say young and talented. Yeah, everyone wants to be young and talented. It's but so usually tough. you get young, talented, and not ready for the NBA, old, talented, and well, can't go back-to-backs, and Phil Jackson chose the latter by overspending for players like Joe Kim Noah, brought in Derrick Rose, Brandon Jennings, a team that was ready aging, to... Aging free agents. I always like to joke, this team would have won the NBA Finals in 2010, and that's exactly <laughs> what they did, is he brought in players to kind of win now, but it was a stupid, foolish move because they're not nearly good enough, never thought they were good enough to dethrone the King up in uh, Cleveland, so... It's going to take a lot to do that. This is exactly what I thought would happen. This is an old team. As I said, they can't do the back-to-backs. Can't. They can win. I think this is the funny thing. If they make the playoffs, I think there would be a lot better playoff team than they are a regular season team. One, back-to-back. But two, they have a lot of savvy veterans, so they'll be able to play the same team multiple times. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that experience, they'll be able to prepare. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win. But, for example, you showed they had time to prepare for Boston. They went into Boston, and they took great care of business. Great win. I really like Boston's that Boston's a great playoff team, not yeah. not another Top three seed, yeah. Not championship contender, but they're a great, you know, as you said, top three seed. But I'm afraid they can't finish the regular season well enough to get into the playoffs unless they get an eighth seed. Which, that's, that's also what I want to talk about, too. The goal for this Knicks team should be a seventh or sixth seed because if you f- squeeze into the playoffs at eighth, you're getting swept by the, the Cleveland Cavaliers. So being three games, let me check just to make sure. I think they're about three games out of the um, of the seventh spot. I think they can get there, but it's just been so much up and down with this team. It's They're up here against Boston and then down here against Washington. Even though it was a decent outing, it's just they find ways to shoot themselves in the foot with with turnovers late, that fourth quarter, they they turned the ball over, I think, about like six times. I seen on Sports Center this morning. So it's it comes down to controlling that offense and the point guard position is key. Your your backup point guard should not be leading the team in assists. That's Brandon Jennings. It should be Derrick Rose controlling this offense. Yeah, he, we know him as a scorer. We know him as the MVP twenty ten. Yes, he had the injuries, he's aging, but being that aging point guard, he should kind of take a step back and say, hey, let me get these guys involved a little bit more and be a point guard instead of being, like you said, more of a glorified. He'll never be that. He's too old. He's stuck in his ways. This can't is treat who a, he is. Can't treat an old dog new tricks? No, you can't treat. You can't teach an old dog new tricks when the old dog doesn't want to learn new tricks. <laughs> that's, I just think, that's my philosophy. I think that's it, what I think Rose is doing. And I think it would benefit more for the Knicks if he would, he would take more control of the offense because you see Melo... And you see Brandon Jennings when he comes into the game. Yeah, the b- b- Melo likes to hold the ball a little bit. The ball sticks when he's in the in the game. But Brandon Jennings really gets that ball moving, and he's a lot of energy coming from him off the bench. And- because Brandon Jennings cares more about the team, and he cares more about his about him 
prolonging his NBA career. Derrick Rose does not care about this team. He cares about Derrick Rose. And you can't tell me otherwise. Why else would you leave a game, not even send your team a text? Like, there's just so many immature things he's shown to do that have been about Derrick Rose. And that's who he is. That's who he is. I don't want him on a roster. Before you get to your point real quick, uh-huh. I feel like what the New York Knicks have become is they're a car crash. Very interesting. Yeah. Everyone loves looking at a car crash, right? Yeah. But everyone's also very happy they're not them. And that's what the Knicks are. We like watching. They're more interesting than they've been in years. But they're still not getting down the freeway to the to the final destination, if you will. They're, they're, <laughs> they've, they're in a very bad crash right now. Yeah, everyone likes to stop and pull over and see what the hell is going on when, that, when the car accidents. And that seems like the Knicks. But I'm, I'm glad you brought up the Derrick Rose and the, mix, the missed game, uh, quote-unquote, because... <laughs> we uh, we didn't hit on that in the last podcast because it didn't happen yet. So I'm actually glad you brought that up because I, I actually forgot. And this guy leaves the team, goes home, and claims it's a family issue. And and yet nothing nothing in the news reported that there was an issue with his mother. Because the first thing I thought was, hey, maybe his mom is sick, his his family is sick, his aunt or something. Regardless, regardless, you hit you let your team know. You don't show up. You you don't not show up to the garden on a day when you're playing a game and. Honestly, I know it's January, but every game is important now, and you're fighting for your playoff lives. His and, career, too. And your career. And, yeah, you're on a one-year deal, this $20 million, and uh, he's looking for a max contract, which is out of out of control, honestly. Says he's, who? He's not getting no max contract. He wants contract. a max contract, he said? He says he wants a max contract. He wants a five-year, $150 million. <laughs> He'll get his max contract when WFUV gives him my Lamborghini. <laughs> exactly. So there's more of a chance of that happening than him getting a max I'm deal. not getting a Lamborghini, for those of you wondering. <laughs> So just just to uh, round up our our Knicks talk, I just think if the Knicks want to progress and find a way to be uh, a, f- a six seed or higher in the East, I think Derrick Rose needs to be more of a point guard. And just a quick little side note and a stat I seen on Twitter this morning: the Knicks are five and zero without five and one now since Joakim Noah didn't play last night. Five and one since when he doesn't play. I think Joakim Noah was their biggest mistake because for as bad as Derrick Rose, I I think is is as a fit, he's still produced points wise and done things that the, his previous point guard didn't do. Joakim Noah, so much money eaten up, injury, just he's really fallen off a cliff, and it happens to guys, especially big guys. But just I don't I don't want to keep beating a dead horse. This is what the Knicks are. This is what they've chosen to be, and honestly, don't see a future for them besides Porzingis. Yeah, and uh, just to throw this out there really quickly, uh, Jeff Hornacek, head coach for the Knicks, is is um, making a lineup change, and um, he had Kylo Quinn starting center now, and have Kristaps at the four and Melo at the three and Ron Baker at the two. So I think um, he I think he sees the writing on the wall a little bit and says, hey, we need to shake things up a little bit. So I'm hopeful he will uh, continue to make adjustments and. You know, get the Knicks uh, in the playoffs, man, because New York basketball playoffs is something. It's Quickly, really something. Any thoughts about last night's game? Uh, uh, Washington? Yeah, Washington. I honestly— Coach on the court. The coach on the court in the last seconds, it plays a big deal because Courtney Lee postgame said, hey, I heard this guy chirping in my ear, and I was going to take the three, but if you've you seen the highlight, he drives and penetrates and passes the ball out. Meanwhile, he was wide open for three. So I think it's it needs to be looked at. Assistant coaches shouldn't be— screaming at their players to the point where they take four steps forward and they're on the court in the last position of the game. That's unacceptable. But that's not the reason why they lost. So it's, yeah, they lost the game, but it's that's not the reason. Completely so. overblown. Overblown. He was on the court. 
That was not good. But by the time Courtney Lee got the ball, he I saw him. He stepped off the court really quickly. Still shouldn't have been there. Whatever. Courtney Lee saying he heard someone say shoot uh, drive is the stupidest cop out I have ever heard. Once are you not aware enough aware enough to know that the bench behind you is not your team? What do you think that their assistant coach ran all the I way agree. down and stood behind him? And even then, you're a freaking pro, man. He's not a young rookie. Yeah. You know what to do, no matter what your coach says. You know how many times yeah. an NBA player has defied what their coach says, <laughs> yeah. and, and the fact that he has enough um, time in that couple seconds to be like, "Oh, I'm gonna shoot this." Wait, my coach says no. Do I want to listen to him? Do I? You know what? I'm gonna drive that. Like it's it's just ridiculous, I overblown. Think, Another I, way to try and find. Get away from the fact that this Knicks team just doesn't know how to win. That's the thing. In the late game situations, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, a stat in the last like two minutes of a game when they're trailing, they're like zero and ten. Unless unless Derrick Rose hits a fadeaway contested two point shot, they're not winning a game. Exactly. So a close game. That's the New York Knicks. They're struggling on defensive end still, even though they picked up a good win in Boston two nights ago. But the back to back problem, uh, the back to back continues to be a problem here in New York City. I really wanted to talk about today, and the All-Star starters were announced yesterday. And You're emotional about this. I am very emotional about this. I got a late-night, not late-night text. <laughs> I got a text yesterday afternoon right after it was announced, and he just, he was not happy. Tyler's not always the most emotional of people, but he was, mm. I'm very upset because, yes, Kyrie Irving is probably, he has been the best point guard in the East for the last couple of years. This year, too. This year, but okay, this is my argument. Here's the starters in the East, just so everyone knows. Don't tell me. That I th- okay. Because I, I, know, I know where you're going. I, I, I'm I afraid know you're, you're about to say what you're about to say. Okay, but let me just give everyone the starters so they know. It's Kyrie Irving, DeMar DeRozan, LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and um, Jimmy Butler. I think Kyrie Irving is not the starter point guard for the Oh, East. Lord. Oh, it's Lord. A, it's, a, it's a little guy named Isaiah Where Thomas. Where is the HR department? Drug, <laughs> do we, can we schedule a drug test for you? Like, I'm is that, serious. Is that something we can do? Kyrie Irving has been the best point guard in the East for the last three years, but the best point guard for the first half oh, of this Lord. season is Isaiah Thomas. Yes, Kyrie Irving has more responsibility mm-hmm. on his team, being the spotlight is on them every night. They're a championship contender. And, yeah, maybe the Boston Celtics can't get past Cleveland, but the best point guard the first half of this season in the Eastern Conference is Isaiah Thomas. And who anybody who says that he wrong. wasn't, you're <laughs> wrong. And going we're looking at Trump here, wrong. That's what that's what he was known for during his uh debates. And I just think that's just let's start with the East first. I want to hear what you think and then we'll go to the West. I think I that's the big problem I have. I have no problems with the other four. Giannis getting his first all star selection, being a starter. That's amazing. Jimmy Butler, three years in a row. Uh three years in a row also for DeRozan. 13 in the years in a row for LeBron, but I think Isaiah Thomas really, he got robbed. He should have been the starting wow. point guard in the East. That man is doing great things for Boston, averaging 28 points and 7 assists. This man is 5'9". You know how hard it is to score in the NBA when you're 6'5", let alone you're 5'9"? He's he's probably one of the, when it, go, when it goes down in history, he'll probably be one of the best little men in, in history, right by Allen Iverson and uh, Isaiah Thomas and those guys and Chris Paul, but he has some way to go. He has some consistency throughout his career. He'll he'll have to get to be on that list, but I think he's on his way and he got robbed. Uh robbed. Yeah, this is this my position isn't that Isaiah Thomas isn't deserving of a spot. It's that he's not as good a point guard as Kyrie Irving. I'm sorry. In this he's first half to... of the season he has been, I think. <sighs> you could argue that. That's what that's where yeah, that's where I'm at. You could argue that. But I don't think he can sustain this. I think he's a little bit less of efficient of a scorer than Kyrie Irving. True. I true. think Kyrie Irving 
I think they're head-to-head, but Kyrie Irving's a more talented player. He also has the history. So once it's a tie like that, or it's pretty close, Kyrie Irving gets the the nod. He'll be the backup. So I understand why you're upset. But I think you also forget about Kyle Lowry. Now, I've called him the gingerbread man when it comes to (laughs) postseason basketball because he crumbles under pressure. But (laughs) he's been really good in the regular season. Some people have said he's the best player on his team, and DeMar DeRozan is the one who gets to start. Uh... I don't have a problem with that either. I mean, this East team looks good to me. The Greek freak gets his first start. I, I well was, deserving. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to jump too much. I feel people are starting to are, the momentum for this guy is starting to go too much. They're oh, he's great, great, great. I want to see a little bit more consistency out of him. Like as the years go on, give him another year or two, mm-hmm. then I can be like, yeah, perennial All Star. But you know, I don't have a problem with any of this. LeBron, obviously. Of course. Sir. It, it, the the all star name should should be the the East LeBron's all star <laughs> team like they this is his team, yeah. and then Jimmy Butler of course again one of the most talented players even though his team is not really meeting the expectations they had I don't really have any problems with this East I have the problems with the West. See that's we're gonna transition to that very quickly but let me just somebody's say, losing their job over there. Let me exactly the let me just say one more thing about Isaiah Thomas because. Okay, player efficiency rating I look at a lot, and I know it's like an analytic stat that's um, relatively new to the NBA. And The um, word efficient isn't, though. You're right. No, you're right. So the player efficiency rating I really look into a lot for these last um, couple of years where I really got into the NBA as a professional. And um, Okay. P- player efficiency rating for Isaiah Thomas is 27.12. You want to know what Kyrie Irving's is? Mm. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> I had it just on the screen. It's 21.2. So Isaiah Thomas is doing more for his team. He has the cat, he has the Boston Celtics at the top three seed in the East. And he has his team playing gritty. You know, like they have a lot of grit on that team. And Isaiah Thomas, you know he got that chip on his shoulder. And I really think it was this this first half of the year, he balled out and he should be starting in the Eastern Conference. You know what? Guard. Oh, I, I, this might be a first. I'm wrong. <laughs> there it is. It's Everybody, Reed announced he was wrong. But on I, I, you've convinced me. You're right. Now that I think of it, I'm I've been caught up too much in the legacy thing, which is something I it's kind of, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I get mad. Kyrie Irving's a better point guard. He is. He is. But I I, I I've. Point. You're right. He's had a better first half of the season. I think my only thing is that I think Kyrie Irving is going to have a better overall season. But that's not how the All Star voting's done. And. Exactly. I, d- I don't want to go against my thing. So you're right. Isaiah Stamas should be the point- starting point guard. All right, thank you. And um, I'm really upset God, that, that he wasn't was- easy. <laughs> that wasn't easy. <laughs> that wasn't easy at all. I but w- moving on to the West, I think we're good- we're both could agree on this. I think everybody in the NBA agrees with this. I got on Twitter when this happened, and I was just seeing. I want to see what what M- what these top ESPN and uh, Sports Illustrated guys think about this. Okay, in the Western Conference, the starters are Stephen Curry, two-time reigning MVP, James Harding. Most likely the MVP this year, averaging t- astonishing numbers. Uh, small forward. Oh my God, I'm blanking out right now. It's um Kawhi Leonard. Oh Kawhi Leonard, and then the Brow, the Brow, Anthony Davis, Brow, Anthony and Davis, KD, and then KD. Okay, I was blanking out a little bit. So those 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 round out the starters. No problem with again. <laughs> no problem problem with shooting guard onto center, but when it comes to point guard. I think what it came down to in the Western Conference All-Star starting voting and whatever they do now, because I know they changed the system up. It's not just the fan vote anymore. I think it's a 50% fan vote, 25% media, and 25% players. They need to get get away with this system because what they're doing this, this year is the first year in this system. It's wrong. Russell Westbrook averaging a triple-double 
He has 21 triple-doubles. That's more than all the star starters combined for the All-Star. They have 19 triple-doubles, the 10 players who are starting the All-Star game. Russell Westbrook has 21. No man has done this since Oscar Robertson, and it's it's really sad to see that Stephen Curry is going to start this game over Russell Westbrook. And, yeah, I think it just comes down to a popularity contest at this point. Steph is a reigning two-time MVP, but he is – He's playing great ball. I mean, his stats are great, but what Russell Westbrook is doing, he deserves to start this game. And it's really sad that he's not, and the NBA got it wrong with the starters. That's that's why I'm really upset, because the starters are wrong. The point guards are completely wrong. Okay. Please give me the strength to keep this job. <laughs> I am so angry, unreasonably angry about this. Yeah. You talked about a popularity contest. The NBA All-Star Game has turned into an 8th grade class election. <laughs> Literally You're a popularity. Right. You're right. This is what this is. I don't want to curse. Why is Stephen Curry the point guard for this team? He has done nothing to get that role besides sell some hospital shoes. Okay? Yeah. Russell Westbrook has 30 points per game, 10 assists per game, and 10 rebounds per game. Steph Curry has 24 points per game, 6 assists, and 4 rebounds. What about Steph Curry? Steph Curry has amazing talent surrounding him. Russell Westbrook is the focus. Every team that plays the Oklahoma City Thunder are focusing purely on Russell Westbrook, and he's still getting these numbers. Stephen Curry can hide behind players like Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, so he doesn't have the defensive pressure. I, I, I don't understand. It's like, baffling. It really is baffling to me. The whole storyline throughout the NBA has been Russell Westbrook, triple-double, triple-double, triple-double. Why does he – and then he doesn't get to start on the All-Star team? I am so angry at the NBA fans of this. I think that they should lose their right to vote for the All-Stars. I'm done with this fan vote. I used to think give them – but the fact that Zaza Petrulia, if it weren't for this this year, they you said 25% player vote, 25% media vote. If it weren't for this new installment, Zaza Petrulia would be the starting center for em- – Embarrassing. All stars. This is embarrassing. Get rid of the fans. I'm sorry, guys. We gave you a chance, or we, we the NBA gave you a chance mm-hmm. to get be involved. But if this is what happens, I don't want to see one fan vote ever. You go 50% players, 50% media, media. and then we're done. I, we're done because I'm tired of this. It delegitimizes the All Star game itself. It does. It really it does. Makes people call it a, a joke. I mean, I understand sometimes maybe Kobe getting it, but I didn't like Kobe getting it when the, he was the, aging too. When he was, was aging too. It's a popularity contest. I'm so upset about this because Steph Curry. Okay, okay. I, I also think <laughs> Steph Curry's an overrated player for what people think he is. We talked about it before. Talked about this before. Yeah. Steph Curry should not be the starter for this team. Russell Westbrook should. And the every NBA fan who took time to cast a vote that wasn't for Westbrook should be thoroughly embarrassed to call themselves a fan of the NBA. Thoroughly embarrassed. I couldn't. I was trying to be a little nice, but after hearing your your little segment right there, it it genuinely makes me angry because you love being NBA buffs like we are. We love the NBA. I've always loved the NBA since since I was a little kid, and you look forward to this All Star game. Because you want to see the best players play. And it's you, my favorite All-Star. It's by far my favorite All-Star People game. always say, oh, by the far. game's not competitive. I'm not looking for a competitive game. They, I want to see the best of the best. They do crazy dunks. It's fun. It is fun. But it means something, too. When a guy's, oh, I'm an All-Star starter, that means something in basketball. For Steph Curry to get that, that's a joke. And it, when you say it means something, that just brings it back to Isaiah Thomas. And I feel for him, man, because it's it has to kill him, man, because this is the year of his life. It's... He's having a great first half of the season, and it means a lot. Yeah, St- um, Kyrie Irving has been in the All-Star start the last three years in a row, so this might not mean as much to him. This means a lot for Isaiah Thomas. This he also was- means Isaiah Thomas will never be a starter in his career. And it's really upsetting because 
it's he was a last pick in the draft. Nobody wanted to talk to him on media day for Sacramento Kings. I seen a picture of him um, recently of the Sacramento Kings media day when he was drafted. They had a massive amount of people around Jimmy Fredette. They had one reporter in front of us uh, of in front of Isaiah Thomas. This guy has a chip on his shoulder, and I really feel for him when um, I seen these All Star starters released and then going to Westbrook now. He's doing something that hasn't been done in 50-plus years in the NBA. And the fact that he's not going to be able to to be on the court when the tip-off for the All-Star game, it's embarrassing for the league, and it's just sad. And it really makes me mad because now that I'm I'm a professional, I'm trying to get into this industry as a, a media professional here, so I really do want to see who's having the best year they should be in this game. It's not just best players because you said the eighth-grade election contest because that's what it is. All these players, all these young kids, my nephew, they love Steph Curry. He's a, he's like a god to them. So they go on the computer, let me click, 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 Steph Curry, Steph Curry, he has the most votes. Okay. And it's just not right, man, because these kids don't know the game as well as these media players, the media and the players do. So I, I think it should strictly be media votes, player votes, you get the play- best players on the court, and let's go have a, an amazing event for the fans. The, la- the last thing I will say is if you are listening to this show and you voted Steph Curry as a starter, Don't you are a joke <laughs> of an NBA fan and you are a fraud of an NBA fan. Tweet me at R-E-E-D underscore H-O-R-N-E-R <laughs> if you have a problem with what I'm saying because you have no reason to say that this guy should be the starter besides the fact that you like him as a player, the fact that your kids like him as a player. It's just really an embarrassing thing for the NBA. They're never going to admit this, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see them get rid of the fan vote or slowly get rid of it over the years because this should not happen. And I and I think it's the it's on it's on the NBA now if it ever happens again because Westbrook got robbed, robbed, and robbed. I think Isaiah Thomas got robbed too, and that's why I was just really angry and uh, it's upsetting. But in the end of the in the end of the day, it's um there's still going to be an All Star game. Amazing players are going to be on the court. They're all going to get playing time, but it's just it's principle at that point. Russell Westbrook having a triple double, he starts the that game. The fact that that game's going to start, think about this, and he'll be on the bench. I feel like, and you know the you know the type of player Russell Westbrook is. He is going to be pissed off during that All Star game. It's going to can he him. play more angry though for the rest of the season? You think he's going to pass to Steph Curry or Kevin Durant or Draymond Green during the All Star game? I think he's Russell not. I think Russell them. Westbrook will pass to himself off the backboard more than he will to Steph Curry <laughs> and Kevin Durant. <laughs> Oh, my God. I cannot wait to see that. He's not even going to look at them on the court. They go up to, to give him a high five or something, it's going to be cold ice. No, I, I understand I don't even think that, they, too. They won't even have the bravado to do that, Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. They're not oh going God. up They're not going up to Russell Westbrook because that man is someone you do not want to – you don't want to poke the bear. And right now with the what has been they going – freaking with, whacked them over the back of the head <laughs> with a stick. Exactly, and that's not a good thing for them. So I didn't even think this was possible. When I saw the results, it just oh, – I don't want to circle this conversation, but it's, yeah, no, it's, I'm we, shocked. We could talk about it for an hour or two because it's really – it makes me upset. It makes you upset. But in closing here, let's, uh, let's look at the matchup of the night. And um, really quickly, Rockets um, are hosting the Warriors tonight in the biggest matchup of the night because I'm looking at the games here, nothing really big other than that. Quick little uh, prediction. I think the Warriors have been playing so well lately, and um, seeing that game against the Cavs and seeing that last game against the Thunder, it's hard to pick against them, but the Rockets at home are just really lethal. The three-point shooting is lethal coming from that team, just as much as the Warriors, and they got the MVP on their team. So it's going to be a great game on ESPN tonight, and um, 
I don't know. Just tune in. I think it's going to be a great one. I think the Rockets will squeeze one out. What do you think? That free promo for ESPN. I know, right? Trying to get that internship already. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to catch this game. I think the Warriors have done something special. I thought they would have a lot more of an adjustment period, and they haven't had that that period of failure yet. Yeah. At least that one that's akin to the Heat or another super team. Yeah. That being said, I still don't think they're going to beat the Cavs in the playoffs. There is two different types of basketball. I will continuously say that. Regular season basketball and playoff basketball. This is our team for the regular season, and King James and his squad up in Ohio are our squad for the postseason. And as the as um our podcast continue on in the year after All-Star break, we're going to get a lot into predictions and playoffs and the playoff tree once it gets around that time. But... As of now, I'm Tyler Freire alongside Reed Horner. This was Pick and Pod. And uh, any final words, Reed? Just no. I'm, I'm, I gotta go calm <laughs> that, down. That all star, that all star conversation, man. It's uh, really, really angry about it. But this is Pick and Pod. I'm Tyler Freire alongside Reed Horner. This is the production of WFV Sports. See you guys next week.